Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome to FASD Hope. The band is back together. I'm so happy to have our returning guests who are rock stars in the FASD community. They are making things happen. We haven't heard from them since last year, so we have a lot to talk about. My friends in advocacy, the amazing former First Lady of Minnesota, Susan Shepard Carlson, and the amazing rock star mama advocate, FASD policy coordinator, Jen Wisdoff. Susan and Jen from FASD United are here to give us a legislative update. Susan and Jen, welcome back to FASD Hope. Well, thank you, Natalie. We are delighted. It seems like we were talking before that it's, it seems like it's been a long time since we've talked to you. It has, it has. So I know we have a lot to catch up on. So let's start with Jen, because Jen, for any of you who listen, we have these wonderful updates from Jen, not only in our monthly meetings, which we will attach the link to in our program notes, but we also have updates. I believe they're usually on Wednesdays, correct, Jen? Yeah, we have a Wednesday policy drop-in where anybody in the country, heck, even if you're in another country, we don't care. If you want to come in and uh, stop by and talk to Susan and I about FASD-related policy issues, it can be state policy. It can be federal policy. Um, we love to talk about the FASD Respect Act. That's a particular favorite of mine, but uh this is your chance to just ask questions and, and get information. And we're, we're here to support you with that. Oh, I just want to say, Natalie, I've really en- enjoyed that time because it's a very relaxed time. It's just a conversation. It's not, there's nothing pre-programmed. It's if you have a question about anything having to do with policy, just tune in, and talk to us. So I'm also going to include that link too, because those are two important links to keep you updated and hear about the amazing progress that's happening with the FASD Respect Act, but also to hear about the progress that's happening in states and provinces and and local on the local front, because we have these in the last meeting I was listening and just hearing what some of these states are doing. It's fantastic to hear the advocacy and the action that's happening. Jen, let's talk about some, first of all, just some big updates, and then we'll be a little more specific about the FASD Respect Act. So so what's going on in the world of FASD policy and legislation? Tons. (laughs) Short answer is there's tons going on and it's actually really exciting. Um, I think my first interview with you, Natalie, was about a year ago um, when I first started with FASD United and was really kind of getting my feet wet with policy. And from there, we are seeing... Um, and, and you mentioned this, just a, a, a massive grassroots uprising of individuals with FASD and their caretakers and family members really making their voices be heard. So we've got legislation pending right now in California, in Hawaii, in Florida, in New York, in Massachusetts, um, 
I'm hoping I didn't forget any, but um, really cool things like uh, changing the state's definition of a developmental disability to include FASD, um, changing the state's definition of uh, other health impairments for uh, qualification for an IEP to include FASD. Um, things like that, that just make sense, but take legislative initiative to get done. And people, in addition to uh, reaching out for the FASD Respect Act, are really, I, I think they've gotten comfortable and aware in the field of policy enough that they're seeing that, oh, yeah, we can do this on a state level, too. And, uh, you know, FASD United is here to support when, when you do that. Um, we've been working with a number of states on just getting things, uh, oh, Hawaii, that was the other one, uh, <laughs> and getting legislation prepped and ready to go. So on the FASD Respect Act front, we have uh, continued on with our meetings with, and we encourage each person in the country, if you are impacted by FASD at all, as a a uh, person living with it, a caregiver, a parent, an aunt, uncle, sister, brother, caregiver, uh, service provider, reach out to your two senators and your one representative and book a meeting to talk. We'll sit in, Susan and I will sit in on that meeting with you, talk to your legislator and help them understand why the FASD Respect Act is so vitally important to our communities. How all of these different issues that society faces can be helped and supported by supporting people with FASD. And I tell you what, these meetings, they are less painful than an IEP. They are easier than attending an IEP meeting. So if you are cautious at all about it, and you're like, oh no, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know how comfortable I am. I'm telling you, it is easier than an IEP meeting. You, if, you, if you could do an IEP, you can do that. <laughs> Hashtag easier than an IEP. <laughs> Right. I love we love coming up with <laughs> hashtags for. Oh, my goodness. I love that. That is fantastic. And Susan, last month's meeting that we had for the uh, FASD Respect Act update, you shared that you've seen so much more progress with this go around with this bill, especially now than in previous years, previous attempts. You know, just let's talk about that, Susan. What is your observation in the momentum that's happening? You know, we were concerned that the delay we talked about last time, the delay in having this bill not being presented until much later than we anticipated would hurt us. But we actually realize that it's helping us. It's gaining, giving us more momentum. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, Natalie, you know, I've been in this business for a long time and starting in Minnesota with policy and the governor's task force. And we did a lot of grassroots advocacy, but I have not seen the grassroots advocacy on the national level uh, on any legislation uh, in, since I've been involved uh, in public policy. I mean, we've had, I don't know, Jen, uh, over 200 meetings, uh, over 500, participants, these are all data, Jen may have the updates, but it's seeing how everybody knows, if you say Respect Act, FASD Respect Act, they don't know what the bill will do, but they know that it has to pass. They know that they need to 
uh, advocate and let their uh, the staff and members of Congress know what their struggles are. And I just, this, this whole year of meetings has been educating for members of Congress, but I think for us as well, and how advocacy can make a difference. It's making a huge difference. We had a meeting um, this week that was generally there half an hour, and this one ended up being an hour long. And it was with a congressman in Florida who is a Republican that we need on the committee. And I was just, I thought, and he was so interested. We started talking down the policy road and about this thing and that thing. And it's just evolved. It's been quite an experience. Well, we, we look, you know, some form of FASD legislation has been attempted over the last 19 years, nine times. And to date, we have never had as many co-sponsors. We have never had as much activity towards getting a bill passed as we have for this one. Um, you know, the, the numbers are staggering. You know, we have, what is it, 38, 39 co-sponsors in the House, and the most we ever had before was eight, like, just to put it into perspective. So the advocacy work that everyone in the field is doing, you know, it's not Susan and I doing it. This is, uh, you know, a, a mom sitting at her kitchen counter in Paducah, Kentucky, <laughs> reaching out and saying, hey, I need to talk to my two senators and my rep, and it's easier than an IEP to do it, so I'm just going to do it. Uh, you know, um, but, this is, yeah. Sorry, Susan, Jen, go I ahead. Did, I do, I, well, I do need to give you some credit because Jen has organized this in such a way that it has made the advocacy so easy Yes. to, yes. to schedule and understand the process. And that's never happened before. Before you had bills and the affiliates would come to DC and meet with their members of Congress. We didn't have Zoom. And so it was, you had to meet in their districts or in uh, at the Capitol. And that was just very difficult, I think, for advocates. And they didn't understand the connection between that bill and what it would do for them. And that's what uh, the FSD Respect Act and the organization around it has done. I'm glad you're mentioning that, Susan, because we have, first of all, happy year anniversary, Jen. I mean, I, you're right. It has been exactly a year. April of 2021 was the first time you and Susan came on together. So happy anniversary. And Susan, yes, 100%. I think what Jen has done is she has channeled that wonderful accessibility in technology that we all needed to get on board and we're going to talk about a, a really cool thing that um, that is part of that. Something I actually did last night um, on my phone to 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 promote and to contact my two senators and one representative. Um, but also, not only has Jen really channeled into that. Okay, here's accessibility. Here's Zoom meetings. Here are here's way we can uh, do this online. But Jen really has marketed this amazing bill into a way that just makes it so tangible, so realistic, and so meaningful. Usually when you hear about bills and, and things like that, there's, you hear about, okay, paperwork and everything, but Jen, you've made this such 
<laughs> hashtag easier than an IEP. And you've just made this such a wonderful learning experience for us all and how that being unheard for so many years, how we can make our voices heard and it doesn't have to be painful. It can actually be very meaningful and build these amazing connections, like the connections I feel with you two, whom I've never met in person. But thanks to technology, thanks to you know the, the silver lining of COVID, that we are connecting more than we ever would, you know. So Susan, absolutely. Um, I, I think Jen has taken the bill and the foundation of the bill and just like polished it and and you and her just crafted it and with the board and with everybody at FASD United I'm so excited to see this bill grow so Jen just just thank you and Susan thank you because we wouldn't have this bill if it weren't for you so you, you both I call you I nickname you both the dynamic duo but it's true you're both um, just so instrumental in how far this bill has come along well thank you you know we met a year ago, a little, and we started talking about the bill and we didn't have the, the, the house there. We didn't have the name Respect Act, but Jen would pick my mind about the bill and what we're trying to do. And I said, well, we're building this foundation, Jen. And so, well, you see it uh, in, in our logo, it's building the foundation for change. And she, and she just took, we worked together on how this should be marked. She was a marketer and I provided the ideas and it, and it's worked. And I think it's a good lesson for advocacy on yes. how you do it. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's a good bill to begin with. I mean, I think that's the big yeah. piece. I mean, thank you for all the kind words, but this <laughs> is really a great bill. And when there's something that is this good and this beneficial for other people, it deserves to be heard. So let's put a pretty package on it, not because we want to put a pretty package on it because we want to you know, pull something off or something like that. Let's put a pretty package on it because it deserves to be heard. People with FASD deserve to be heard. And that's what this bill is all about. That's what this advocacy route is all about. You know, for some, it's fascinating sitting in on these congressional meetings where we have advocates speaking to their member of Congress. And for some, this is the first time that they've ever actually been listened to about their issues about the things that the challenges they're facing, about the, the struggles that they might be having and about the strengths that they're bringing to the community. This may be the first time that their voice has actually been heard. And well, I love that. And I feel so honored to be able to bear witness to that. What a travesty. So this is why we need this bill passed and why anything that we do towards the bill really needs to be on point because this is a great piece of legislation. This is well thought out. This is well balanced. It's, it's bipartisan in that it's fiscally responsible, but, but it's socially conscious. And it hits all the marks that we need to be hitting to address FASD throughout the entire lifespan. 
from not just from a prevention standpoint, not just from a research standpoint, not just from an education standpoint or a judicial standpoint, but also through mental health and substance use and the messy things, but also the strengths that come into FASD. And so really, it's not hard putting a pretty package on it because this is a stinking beautiful bill. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about the really cool way you can advocate before we talk about where we need our listeners to participate more. I want to talk about, so last night, and I saw this on, of course, on someone's Facebook page, um, actually shout out to Barb Clark. It was Barb Clark. Who's, who's a big advocate. And she shared, Hey, us friends, this is what, uh, people do you you're able to text your two senators and your representative in the United States to tell them to support or even co-sponsor the FASD Respect Act and I did it and it was amazing it was so easy to to it was so automated and so easy to just walk through this and then I received emails afterward confirming that yes these these letters were sent to your you know two senators and representative and afterwards, I texted Jen immediately and I, I said, we have to talk about this on our episode. So let's talk about this very cool way that you can text your support and to text your two senators and representative. So I will not take credit for this. Um, actually, uh, there is a person named Cole who works at Orchids FASD Services in Wisconsin. Shout out there. And um, this is something that he kind of came and, and approached us with and, and mentioned months and months and months ago. And at the time, we looked at it and decided, you know what, we need to wait on this. And I know that seems counterintuitive, but we needed to wait because the meetings that you have face-to-face or screen-to-screen as the case maybe over Zoom with your two senators and your reps are the critical piece that has to get done in order for this bill to pass. The icing on the cake that's gonna push it over the edge is the mass outreach. So we needed to get those critical those critical meetings done first and they're not all done and there's still some states we need to hit and some people we need to hit and there's still more meetings to be had so let's not rest on that but I think we were at a point now where we need to add something else to the mix and we need to start really putting the pressure on this next month in the house and senate they're working on mental health initiatives we need to be part of that conversation. And so we want to put the pressure on Congress to recognize that and bring FASD into the mix. So text to connect is super wicked simple. You text the word sign in all caps, S-I-G-N, and the letters P-R-V-J-Q-X to the phone number 50409. It's going to ask you for your address. You put in your full address and it automatically sends a letter of support to your two senators and your representative. And I can tell you in five days, we've had 341 people send texts for a total of 1,023 letters. And that is absolutely wicked awesome. But you and I both know 
that there is way more than 341 families living in the United States who are dealing with an FASD or individuals for that matter, living with an FASD in the United States at an estimated prevalence rate of approaching one in 20, there's a lot more people that can be sending texts. So we really want this message shared. Um, I wish it was something other than texting P, PRV JQX. Uh, I tried to see if we could get um, text FASD to, <laughs> that would have been awesome, but uh, that wasn't available to us. So we're, we're gonna go with what we got. But this is something that, you know, grandparents could do. This is something that teachers can do. Uh, are you in an appointment with a doctor? Great, ask the doctor to do it. Um, all of these people that interact with us and connect with us, this is a great starting point for conversation to say, hey, we need your help. This community needs your help. We'd like you to raise your voice. We'd like you to support us. And this is how you can do it. And it's super, super simple. Now, occasionally there are some uh, providers that, um, cell phone providers that have a couple hiccups with it. And I'm really sorry when that happens. Um, sometimes you have to try it a couple of times. I know there's a little pocket in Hawaii that has a hard time sending it. So shout out to the awesome folks in Hawaii who are trying their best and it's just not going through. And I'm really sorry. I wish there was a way to fix that. I'll work on it, but I, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can with what we got. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. Like I, I am checking this thing multiple times a day to see the numbers go up I because it's, it's so exciting. I love that. The other great, uh, part about this is that towards the end of it, after you complete it, it'll say, do you have any friends you'd like to, to receive this message? Or so of course I added like as many as I could think of it. And they were like friends texting me back and said, this is great. I just texted my two senators and representative about the FASD Respect Act. So there's that option where it even allows you to share it. And I think there was one more option that I liked where you could share it on Twitter and say, hey, I just did this. So it, it's such a wonderful, fast and accessible way to show your support and to reach out to your two senators and representatives. So I will include that vital information in today's program notes, as well as in our social media posts this week. So very cool. And maybe uh, at some time, maybe in a month or so, you can give us an update on how many, uh, how many texts to connects were made because that would be, that would be fun. I'm going to say there's going to be 50,000. Ah, that would that's be my goal. I want to see 50,000 text to connect sent. All right. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. We can, Hey, when the three of us get together on this podcast, we make things happen. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I just want to say that this, this is ingenious because this is an election year and uh, members of Congress pay attention to um, what they get from constituents. And if they get a lot of text messages on one particular issue, that's gonna get their attention. It's like the old postcards. Remember when we used to send postcards yes. to offices? So the more that we can get to members of Congress, th that's gonna get their attention and they're gonna, they're gonna ask their congressional aid, what is this FASD Respect Act? And it will, will move. Uh, it'll make it easier to get the bill 
uh, heard and moved through Congress because once it gets to the floor, they'll say, oh yeah, I've heard of that Respect Act and, and they'll, they'll vote for it. So it's, we're, I think as Jen was right, we couldn't do this at the beginning because it just, we didn't have that foundation uh, with, with getting the number of authors and educating members of staff. Uh, and we've had a lot of meetings. We haven't had um, as many as we, you know, like. But in a year, I think we've been. In, it's been incredible what we've done. Everyone involved has been incredibly busy and working. And just thinking about our conversation a year ago compared to today, oh my goodness, it, it's it's just fantastic. So I'm I'm so thankful, Susan, that you're bringing that up. That that is such a great way to an additional way to to support this critical bill that we're so close to the finish line. You know, we're so close. Jen, let's talk about those critical states. Those just let's talk about the critical points that we need listeners to really help us out with. So FASD is a bipartisan issue. The FASD Respect Act is a bipartisan bill. Um, There are no party lines in FASD. However, we need Republicans in the House. Specifically, we need Republicans who sit on the Energy and Commerce Health Subcommittee in the House to sign on to the bill. We have had meetings with um, the chair of the committee, the chair of the subcommittee, and the chair of the House, uh, or speaker of the House, with all of their offices and staff. And they have all said the same thing. You need to get some Republicans in committee on the bill. So we have three meetings this week, um, one with Bill Rockus in Florida, um, one with McMorris Rogers in Washington State, and one with um, Buddy Carter in Georgia. Um, we're looking for constituents to sit in on those meetings. So if you live in those areas, um, get a hold of us because we need constituents to reach out on those. Those are some key folks. But really, it's not too late to approach any senator or any representative. It doesn't matter if it's a key state. It doesn't matter if they've already signed on. We need to keep the pressure on and let them know we're not going away. This Again, this advocacy is easier than an IEP. And just like with an IEP, how you just kind of have to stick at it and you have to work with them and collaborate and stick to your guns and keep sending emails and keep documenting and keep following up. This is just like that, only the it's easier. <laughs> Trust me on this, it is easier because you've got a lot of support along the way. And this is how we're going to get it done. Because after this, we want to be able to tackle other policy initiatives. So those relationships you're building in the legislative offices, the fact that you're getting comfortable with this is training ground for us to be able to move on and do bigger and better things. You know, we often hear in FASD circles how we just need more training and awareness. If we had training and awareness, then everything would be different. That's, you're absolutely right. If we had training and awareness, everything would be different. However, if you break that down, I love to take messes and organize them. (laughs) If you break that down, really, to be able to provide the training, you need somebody who's willing to provide it. And typically, that person gets paid. Who are they getting paid from? 
Well, they're typically getting paid from a service agency. Where does that service agency get their funding from? The government, either state or federal. How does that funding come about? Policy. To have people sit and listen to the trainings and have the trainings be required for them to go to, offering trainings, it's, there's nothing wrong with offering trainings. Offering trainings now is, is absolutely wonderful and that's the way we get things done. But for broad scale change, for people to be mandated to take the training, for the organizations to pay people because it's their job to take the training, where does that funding come from? It comes from state, local and federal governments and that happens through policy change. So we are not going to get where we need to go without changing the rules. Policy is the rules. Policy is the bank account. We need to put some money in the budget for FASD. You know, when you're saving up for a vacation, you put money aside for vacation or for self-care or whatever. This is just like that. We are building our national and state budgets and we're making sure that the important pieces are included, which is FASD. Yeah, and I would just add to that because, uh, and Jen's absolutely right, and I'm a policy wonk, but looking at our systems of care and where they're screening for other things, and why isn't prenatal alcohol exposure or FASD included when we do early childhood screening? Why isn't when we're screening in juvenile courts for kids with mental health disorders, we're not screening for prenatal alcohol exposure? Because once you start to do that, then that will also work towards having more funding for training because here you've got this population, but you don't have an educated profession to deal with it. And so they all kind of fit together. Changing the eligibility for in with uh, IDEA or DD or whatever different categories there are. And that's where the FASD Respect Act comes in because it has, each state can start to look at those and what are the barriers and why aren't they getting identified? And what needs to happen to change that? And also on the federal level, the same thing. So it, it's, it's, it's complicated, but in the end, it's, it's pretty easy. And I think uh, having those that are, uh, have been involved in this be part of that solution is critical for its success. Thank you, Susan. And what you're both saying really is highlighted in so many of our guests who come and talk about barriers for people in the FASD community. And the biggest one is systemic training, systemic knowledge, and systemic support, just clear across the board, you know, and what you're both saying reinforces that this, the FASD Respect Act it's that foundation, it's the policy, it's changing the rules, it's the budget, it's it's everything. And I originally wanted to have this interview uh, earlier in February, and I didn't, I asked to, you know, change it to, uh, to now, which, you know, we're airing this in mid-April. And Susan, this is a critical time in both Senate and representatives and just in the political world. Can you share with our listeners why like this time of year is so critical for us to reach out to our legislators? Well, now is the time they're going to be making decisions uh, in, in the policy committees and in the appropriations committees. And 
we know that we're going to have an election. And so you want to have this happen during this time when they're, they, they have, we have their attention and they, and bipartisan bills, they really like uh, during an election year. So between now and the time that they go off in recess in August is the, is the time. And we need everybody to really get on board and start and do this advocating. Um, there will be some time in September, but, and towards the end of the year, but now really is, is the time. So, so I'm thankful we rescheduled because this is critical time. We want to get and reach out to not only our two senators and representatives, but we just want to make our voices heard. We've been unheard for so long. We want to make our voices heard now before people go off for summer recess, before schools let out, just, just, this is the time. This is the time. Thank you, Susan. I, you know, I've learned so much from you and I'm so thankful for you are the foundation in the foundation, honestly, you and the wonderful board members and just everyone at FASD United. So I'm just so thankful for you all creating that foundation so that we, again, a year ago, I never thought we'd be where we're at now. And I'm sure when we talk again in the fall, it'll be even better. So I just love this momentum that, that the bill has. Oh, I just want to add to this because uh, I think it's really important. And we've had our ups and downs through this year. And I think one of the lessons I've learned in life, and I think I learned it early on when I was in high school, I was uh, I played basketball. So you learn a lot from sports and you, you do have those up and downs a lot of times in life, but success really goes to those that are persistent. And I think if you look at this effort, and it's going to be continued into the future is persistence will pay in the end. Uh, and if advocates out there are listening and they may get disheartened because they haven't seen you know, the success yet, just know that this team is persistent. And if you go along with this on this ride uh, and be persistent, that there will be success. I love that. Thank you, Susan. Uh, I'm so inspired. I just, I just want to have a giant pep rally. This, so consider this, everyone, listeners, a virtual pep rally headed by Susan Shepard Carlson mm -hmm. and Jen Wisdall saying, now's the time. We've been talking about this for a year. You know, we are just so close. I, I'm, again, just thankful, thankful and using those new hashtags, hashtag easier than IEP meeting. So- <laughs> Jen, let's talk about some just final points. How, besides the text to connect, what are some other things that our listeners can do, not only here in the States, but globally to, to help get this bill passed? I think it's not just all about this bill. I think FASD in general requires a grassroots advocacy push globally. Um, and, and this is where I think as much as you can, wherever you are, being aware of the political process, and you heard me lapse into Canadian there, yes, <laughs> um, but being aware of the political process, there, that was Americanized, um, and, and, and how it works, and really getting to know your local legislators. Who are they? What do they stand for? Are they aware of FASD? And if they're not, how can we get them there? And it might involve a phone call to a staffer, 
by the way, um, in the US, keep your eyes open because there's gonna be a phone day coming soon. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. It's in the works. I'm leaking it here first, but we're gonna have a, 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 a day where we blow up some phones. <laughs> I love that. But really, it, it, it is about just getting involved and, and just um, finding one other channel to advocate in. And it might you might start with just a, a local state or provincial or, or regional um, politician that has values in alignment with yours and reach out to them and tell your story. It doesn't necessarily have to be about legislation. Although in Canada, I know they're working on their national agenda. I know that the NICE um, report just came out in the UK. I mean, there's some really incredible things going on in, in many countries around FASD. And, and it's just something about, I think, being aware of it and being willing to speak your truth and, and, and speak your story to people who could actually make a difference from a policy perspective. Um, keeping your eyes open to any legislation that's, that's coming through um, that's disability focused. How is that going to impact the FASD community if that bill passes? So getting involved with the ARC in your state or a disability rights network in your state, if you don't have an FASD uh, United affiliate or both for that matter. Um, and seeing, you know, what are, what are their legislative agendas for this year? You know, what are they pushing? And again, how is that going to impact the FASD community? I think for a very long time, we've sat back and, and been like, oh gosh, man, all these other disabilities get all this and where are we? You know, we keep getting left out. Well, I think now is our opportunity to stand up and say, we're not gonna get left out anymore because we're gonna be part of this conversation. And we're gonna invite ourselves into this conversation. And we're gonna learn about them because there's so much we can learn from the other disabilities out there and how they've handled advocacy and policy. But we're gonna connect with them and we're gonna unite with them. And we're going to move forward in a way that benefits everyone but really does benefit the FASD community. And I, I think getting informed, getting involved just takes one step and it's easier than an IEP. I love that. I'm going to be using that all year. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always such a pleasure having you both on FASD Hope. You, you both give me so much hope as a parent, as a podcaster, as a parent advocate. I am, and again, I can't believe it's been a year that the three of us have been talking about this. And, and I am so excited to just see the momentum continue. And I love Jen, what you said about not only is this an FASD Respect Act initiative, but it's a grassroots initiative too. So getting involved at your community level, at your regional level, at your county level, at your state province level. That is key too. And that momentum is exciting to see too, because we all know that we've been seeing a lot of that as well. So not just a national momentum, but that those grassroots local levels. So I'm going to end on some fabulous words of hope from you too. You, you both have been giving me hope for, for a year now. Let's just talk about what you have to be hopeful for and how we can share this with our listeners. 
What I would say is that members of Congress, their staff are people just like we are. And they have not heard the message from those impacted by FASD. And because they are now hearing that message, it is going to affect policy and funding in the long term uh, and in the short term. And so that I am hopeful for, for this disability for the future because we have made that, that switch in, in, in the discussion about this disability nationwide. Wonderful words of hope, Susan, thank you. And Jen, how about you? I agree with Susan. I have so much hope because of all of these new contacts that we've made within po the policy sphere. Um, all of these legislative assistants and um, legislative directors and representatives and senators. I have hope because I feel that people when given the opportunity will do the right thing. And this is the right thing to do. And we are now giving them that opportunity to do it. And that brings me so much hope. The progress and the momentum that we've made so far, just in getting this bill uh, to where it is now, gives me hope. The fact that families and caregivers and individuals with FASD are feeling empowered to do something about it gives me hope. And the fact that voices are being heard, sometimes for the first time, that gives me an enormous sense of hope because when we raise our voices, we make a lot of noise. And on those amazing words of hope, I am so thankful to know and to call you both friends in advocacy, Susan Shepard Carlson and Jen Wisdall of FASD United. You know, you'll be back. We'll have the band back together. <laughs> Thank you so much for all you do and just for being the voices for the scores of people who haven't been heard. Thank you again for being on FASD Hope. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.